At Madrona Financial Services, we believe you should never worry about running out of money in retirement. Retirement should be spent doing what you love with the people you love. The CPAs and financial advisors at Madrona Financial Services want you to know that with proper financial planning, that's exactly what you can have. Their goal is to do everything they can to help you achieve a financially secure future. They have many tools and ways to help you reach your retirement goals, from guaranteed lifetime income streams and protection against market losses to alternative real estate investments and strategies to minimize your taxes. With the Madrona Bundle of Services, they have everything you'll need to plan for retirement under one roof. So schedule your complimentary meeting today and get back to enjoying your retirement. Call 844-MADRONA or visit madronafinancial.com. They'll arrange a meeting at one of their three convenient locations or conduct a virtual meeting if that works better for you. Take control of your financial future at madronafinancial.com. Welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans and Jeff Shade, a show that simplifies the complexities of investments, taxes, retirement, and more so you can discover how to better sustain yourself and your wealth for years to come. Brian is a CPA with 30 years experience and a financial advisor, which brings a unique perspective to the financial world. This show is brought to you by Madrona Financial and CPAs, home of the Rooted Wealth Plan. Want a retirement plan designed to last 30 plus years? Go to madronafinancial.com and click Get Started to see what the Rooted Wealth Plan can do for you. And now, here are your hosts, Brian Evans and Jeff Shade. Thank you so much and welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, the radio show that gives you the straight talk and honest answers you need to help you reach your wealth management and retirement goals through smart investing and careful planning. My name is Jeff Shade and I'm just here to ask the questions. But of course, the words of wisdom and solid advice come from Brian Evans, CEO and president of Madrona Financial and CPAs. How are you doing today, Brian? Doing great. Thanks, Jeff. Glad to hear that. I hope our listeners are doing well today, too. Well, Brian, a lot to talk about on today's show. If our listeners have a 401k or similar retirement plan, great. But have you ever wondered what you're supposed to do with it once you retire? We'll be discussing common pitfalls and debunking several myths around the 401k and sharing some uncommon investment solutions that may help you throughout retirement. Also, there's a good chance that taxes could be your biggest expense in retirement. If most of your retirement savings are in a 401k or similar retirement accounts, then make sure to stick around because once you turn 59 and a half, We've got some strategies that you can use to start implementing now to help lessen that tax burden, even if you're working. Also on today's show, we're going to be discussing gifting strategies so that you can potentially increase how much you gift while you're alive without compromising your retirement. We've also got some more fun facts for you. We're going to be talking about the brain, whether or not it grows. And also we'll be talking about getting older. Is age just a number? All that and more on our show. And I want to remind you too, if you don't have a chance to hear the entire show, we're a podcast. Go to wherever you get your podcast and search Growing Your Wealth, Brian Evans. We've got over 300 podcasts there. There is bound to be a topic that applies to you. So Brian, let's dive into the 401k. I think that most people working have been offered a 401k. It's a very common investment option. What do you want people to know about the 401k? Yeah, the first thing about that, of course, if we go back, it used to be maybe our parents or another generation, they had pension plans and that's what they relied on. And so it's it's called a defined benefit plan. So they define what you're going to get based on years of service and salary and so forth. It was easier to plan ahead because you knew exactly how much you're going to get. I know my dad was a high school math teacher and I think his pension was $18,600 a year. 
And when he retired at age 51, he got 18,600. And at 71, he was getting 18,600. Right. And at 81, he was getting 18,600. <laughs> when he passed, he went to zero. Right. And that's just how it worked. And so he knew exactly what his benefit was. Now, of course, I was not a financial planner when he retired. I think I was still in college or so. And I wasn't able to talk to him about things he could do that he had 30 plus years of no inflation protection. He didn't have the right product there. He had a defined benefit plan. He, you know, Did he have alternate savings? Uh, no, he didn't have that kind of thing. So he didn't have a, a 401k in addition to that. So you know, fast forward to our generation. And when we say 401k plan, we are including thrift savings plans, 403Bs, 457s, you know, 401k, uh, Boeing VIP. These are all defined contribution, meaning that you're contributing to them and you're responsible for the outcome, essentially, because you are responsible to pick investments. You're responsible when you retire to pick investment strategies and uh, the actual investments. You're responsible for when money leaves those accounts. And so we have an issue here. Most people are listening to this going, well, wait a second. I am not a financial advisor, nor do I want to be one. Yet you're telling me I got a problem here. I got to be one. Secondly, I got to be a tax analyst. I got to yeah. figure out a cash flow specialist. <laughs> I got to figure out how to make it last for me and potentially for my spouse. I got to figure out how to combat inflation. I got to figure out when to take it, what rate I'm going to be at, et cetera, et cetera. I got problems. <laughs> I think a lot of people are going, I got problems. I don't understand the taxation of it. I don't understand RMDs and how that, I understand that I had to take money out of them at some point in my life. What does that mean? Really? Again, I'm not an investment specialist. Why should you be? It's one of my uh, chapters in one of my books, The Christians, Mechanics, and 401Ks. Right, and I right. I talk about just because you go to church doesn't mean you're a Christian. Just because you own a lot of tools like me doesn't mean you're a mechanic. And just because you have a 401K plan doesn't mean you're an asset allocation specialist. Yet you are required to figure out where you're going to put your money. Yeah. And so you have to be an asset allocation specialist. I'm, I'm a teacher. I'm not an asset allocation specialist or I'm a Boeing engineer or whatever I am. That's that's not my interest. And then I've listened to your other shows, Brian. You tell me I don't even have access to mm -hmm. many of the tools I need to do the job right. And so and I've got it. So now I've got to try and complete a job without the right tools or background. So this is a problem. So yeah. I'm putting these things out there as kind of a precursor to our discussion today. Yeah, and the big problem, and it was a problem for me when I first got my 401k, was that I didn't know a lot about it, as you said, and they gave me investment choices. They were low risk, medium risk, and high risk. And in those categories, there were some funds that I picked. I eeny, meeny, mighty mowed those things, but there really wasn't any help from my employer or human resources or anybody to help me make the right choices. So how do you help people who are currently working and have 401ks make the right choices? Well, yeah, there, and there's a couple of aspects I want to cover here because there's the 401k plan before you're 59 and a half, and then there's options after you're 59 and a half. So while you're working and you're under 59 and a half, now we have a different playbook because your toolbox is pretty limited. We've talked about that. When you're in a 401k plan, one of the problems is that you have very limited access to investment vehicles. There are many things not available to you. 
the plan administrator, your employer, has said, we're going to select this handful of investment options, and this is what you get to choose from for your entire life up until the age of 59 and a half. And you look at the list and you go, huh, because I've looked at these lists before. People send them to me and they well, these are my choices. I go, well, you got large cap U.S., large cap U.S. growth, large cap U.S. value, the S&P 500, the global index. Well, they're kind of the same thing. They're 90% correlated to one another. You have all these bond funds, and I'm not a big fan of bonds in a rising interest rate environment. And then you have these uh, lifestyle funds. Now, that's a beautiful name. Mm-hmm. You know, lifestyle, 2040. I'm like, well, that's, that lines up my retirement. That must be, or, or what you just said, Jeff. I had conservative, moderate, right, right. or aggressive. Right, right. Okay, what does that really mean? The problem here is these are misnomers. These are misclassified. When somebody said, I was in my conservative selection in my 401k last year, one would think that that means that you can't lose very much. Isn't that what yeah. you and I think, Jeff? Yeah. You yeah. Know, and I say conservative. Sure. And then you open up your plan and you go, well, how in the world did I lose 15 to 20% when I said I wanted to be conservative? Because the industry defines conservatives as bonds. Mm-hmm. Bonds were not conservative in 2022. They were terrible. Interest rates went up and the value of your bonds went down accordingly. It's a mathematical equation. And so people lost a lot of money going, oh, wait a second. I was in a conservative mix. Maybe I had half in conservative and half in aggressive. And they almost did the exact same thing. Because last year, stock market and bond market were highly correlated. So you say to yourself, well, okay, knowing this, I can solve that problem. I'll just pick stuff that isn't in the stock and bond market in my 401k. So then you look at your list of stuff available to you in your 401k and you go, huh, I don't know what that is because it's not there. So we're continuing our discussion here about what to do with your 401k when you're under 59 and a half. Brian, what are some of the other things that might be options for us? Well, for most people, they want to get some kind of help from somebody that does this for a living, essentially, or knows what's behind the scenes. Because I think too many people, uh, one of the stories I have is I say, well, you got a 401k plan. Can you tell me generally how it's invested? And they go, yeah, I can tell you exactly what I'm invested in. Oh, great. What is it? I'm invested in Vanguard. I'm like, no, you're not. That's a privately held company. Mm-hmm. Vanguard is in the title they're putting the fund together, but you're not investing in Vanguard uh, or Fidelity or Schwab or any of that. You know, Vanguard's got hundreds and hundreds of funds and they all do different things. So then it's like, well, do you have a, a sense for how much is in the stock market, bond market, company stock, cash, any sector funds, any REITs or any of that? And most of the time people look at me blankly because no, it's not something they look at. Or if I ask him, do you know what's in your lifestyle 2040 account? And they're like, I have no idea. I just know lifestyle sounds good. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, right. So picking investments based on what it says, because I, I remember the story once. This guy said, you know, the market's been doing great. It was a long time ago, and, and the markets were doing great during this decade that he was invested. And he says, problem is, I'm not. Yet, I have my money invested aggressively. And everybody else has said they're making all kinds of money on their 401k plan. And I haven't moved in 10 years and I don't get it. And I looked at his stuff and he said, look at me, I'm in the global high yield and I should be, uh, this is growth stocks. I'm like, no, those are bonds. Those are junk bonds. In fact, I'm like, what? No, global high yield. That's growth stocks, right? I said, no, that's code name for junk bonds. <laughs> he was in bonds for 10 years. He thought I was in the market. He thought he was taking risk and just not being rewarded for it during the good time. And if you're going to take risk, 
you got to be rewarded for it when times are good. Otherwise, that's not going to be a good long-term plan. And so he was kind of flabbergasted that he got kind of schnookered on the on just the title of it, you know, that, right. that you know, you see this in real estate, dollhouse. What does that mean? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's too small to really live in. <laughs> Maybe dolls could live in it. Peekaboo. Uh, you know, I don't want to live there. The peekaboo, peekaboo view. Peekaboo view yeah. means if you climb up on that, that pitched roof, <laughs> right. you might be able to see a, a little, you know, piece of the Puget Sound right, uh, before right. you fall to your death, you know. It's, it's like, so there's a lot of code buzzwords yeah, out there right. that we have to be careful of. And so I, I've been kind of, you know, talking about what what is the problem here with the 401k plan. You no, know, 401k plan are good however i'll even step back one more i was like okay i'm building up my 401k plan during my lifetime but based on your projections brian i'm in a high bracket in retirement like, yeah if we'd have met 20 years ago or 30 years ago i probably would have brought up this thing called roth mm-hmm. roth 401k i would love to have a bucket of your finances when we're doing our financial planning together that is in a roth bucket so that I know I can provide some cash flow to you in retirement. If your tax bracket's very high, I can say, all right, we're going to provide some of that cash flow from the Roth to not have it all taxed at a higher bracket. So that's the bracketology of, of tax planning. We'll, we'll talk about later in the show. Sir, I've kind of set the stage here. So it sounds like, oh, I don't want a 401k plan. Sounds, sounds all bad, right? No, no, it's not all bad. <laughs> and if you don't have a Roth, that's, you know, that's fine. It's, it's just, but you, you definitely something that needs to be considered, analyzed and decided upon whether it makes sense to be allocating some of your contributions to the Roth side of things instead of the tax deductible side. But that's a bracket kind of question. Well, there are a lot of questions surrounding 401ks, and we're talking about them on today's show, Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. And if it sounds confusing to you, continue to listen to us because we're going to continue to break this down for you. In the meantime, if you've got questions about your financial plan, you are worried that you're not going to survive this financial storm that we're in right now or the financial storms that are on the horizon, we got some good news for you. You can go to madronafinancial.com and get some help. It's called the Rooted Wealth Analysis. Where do you stand with your portfolio? Is it rooted well enough to sustain you for retirement that could last nearly 30 years? Well, you'll find out by answering a couple of quick questions there. And once you do that, you'll be connected with an advisor. That advisor will then spend a few minutes with you, 15 or so, to talk about how well-rooted your financial plan is. And he or she's not going to talk about products in this initial interview. This is all about you. It's all about discovering what your financial plan is all about, making sure that it is designed to sustain these storms so it can get you where you want to go. And that is to a retirement that you not only survive, but you also thrive. Again, no cost, no obligation for this at all. MadronaFinancial.com is the website. Click on the button for the Rooted Wealth Analysis to begin your conversation. Well, Brian, we always have these fascinating facts in the program and people do enjoy them. This, I think, is a very interesting one. According to a new study, your brain never stops growing. We grow new neurons with time and the brain is constantly reshaping itself in response to learning. Now, in mice and rats, researchers can stimulate the growth of more new neurons by getting these rodents to exercise more and providing them with environments that are more cognitive and socially stimulating. That means that, I guess, the, the you know, the rats are talking to other rats. If the memory center of the human brain can grow new cells, it might help people recover from depression and post-traumatic stress syndrome, PTSD, delay the onset of Alzheimer's disease, and deepen our understanding of epilepsy and other new insights into memory and learning. So again, it comes down to exercise and social interactions. If you do that, that is a sure sign that your brain is going to continue to grow. 
Let's get back to our discussion on uh, 401ks, Brian, and continue our discussion about if you're under 59 and a half. Yeah, one of the things I did want to point out if you're under 59 and a half is very important because we all understand the power of compounding and the quality of your life as it relates to finances is going to be affected greatly by when you start your 401k plan and how you invest in that 401k plan, of course, as well as how much you put into it. So the earlier you start is a huge difference maker, okay? If you can do Roth contributions when your brackets are low and you're younger in life and you think there'll be higher brackets later in life, which we just did a show where you know it's projected that income tax rates are going to have to go up like 67% over mm-hmm. the next 20 years to cover our expenditures as a country. And so a lot of people are worried about increasing brackets. But one of the things that I like to point out is I'll talk to maybe somebody younger and let's say they're 40 years old and they say they're going to retire at 60. 65. Okay, 25 years. I'm looking at their portfolio. Yep, I'm in uh, moderate. I've got 50% in bonds and 50% in stocks because I answered some questions online and the advisor or the computer said you should be in a 50-50 or 60-40 portfolio. And so that's what I'm in. And I just ask him a simple question. Do you think over the next 25 years, the stock market will grow more or the bond market? Almost invariably, they say, well, the stock market, of course. Do you care about the volatility over the next 25 years while you're working and you're not touching your 401k? And they said, absolutely not. Well, then why are you allocating the bond market? You just told me you don't think it's going to do as well. Well, I don't know because I answered some questions and the computer said to invest in the bond market. Now, I get allocation and moderation, all that stuff when you're in retirement. Absolutely. We have to have a security plan, a cash flow plan, growth, tax plan, all these things. But when you're accumulating assets, is it necessary to have the same kind of level of diversification that you need in retirement? I would contend no. I would recommend if you think the stock market will be much higher than the bond market over a long period of time, when you're not touching a particular group of assets, then why be in the thing you don't think will do as well? So I just wanted to point that out that, you know, and I'm younger, I want all of it in the market. I want very aggressive stuff. I can ride out the highs and lows knowing if I look at any graph in retrospect, I'm glad I went more aggressive because I would be ahead. So that's just something I wanted to point out. That does change. That does change as you approach retirement or are in retirement. But if you're 20, 30, 40, uh, certainly think about that. Brian, we've talked about looking at your 401k. If you're under 59 and a half, one of the options that you have is withdrawing the money. That's where the rule of 55 comes in. What is the rule of 55 and how does that impact us insofar as taxes go? Yeah, it doesn't uh, impact most people, but it is a nuance that some people may want to take advantage of. At age 55, you can take periodic distributions from your retirement accounts under certain circumstances, and periodic meaning kind of the same amount every month, basically. And uh, normally, you're subject to a 10% penalty on top of the income tax when you do that. But if uh, you, you do substantially equal payments over a period of time, again, in, in certain circumstances, you can avoid that penalty from age 55 uh, going forward if you do that. So it's just, if you have somebody that uh, needs the money from their retirement account, maybe retired very early, 
for whatever reason, that is an option that can be looked into. I'm not going to get into the nuances. Please don't take any action based on what I'm saying yeah. here. I'm not giving specific advice to you. I don't know you. I don't know your plan. I don't know your situation. But it is a nuance I just uh, thought we should bring up. Brian, when it comes to looking at your 401k, I think a lot of people do not realize that there are fees associated with running your 401k. How do you determine what those fees are and whether or not they're too high? Yeah, there are some changes that have happened uh, on fee disclosure. Uh, the problem with disclosures, though, I, I would say a lot of the governmental agencies kind of miss the mark here. You know, they think more is better all the time. I remember getting a disclosure on a money market fund that paid 0.01 percent. Wow, you know, just <laughs> nothing. And that disclosure was about 198 wow. pages. Okay. Who reads that? <laughs> you know, that person needs a life coach. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I, even I, the big nerd Brian Evans, yeah. would never read 198 pages on a money market that pays 0.01%. I'm sorry, I'm not going to read it. So the more disclosure, the less likely somebody is to read something. Now, you can't find this data on what the expenses are. But when it comes to expenses, there's always going to be expenses uh, relative to investing in markets. And although it's important, it's also the big picture is to me is how much do you have after paying income tax? I mean, that's what your gains relative to income tax and security and cash flow and so forth. There's a lot more that goes into it than just expense analysis. Something might be cheap, but you, you know, the old adage, you get what you pay for kicks in sometimes. So I have a lot of people saving money, but making poor decisions. Okay, well, that's your option, but uh, I would rather make good decisions, even if it costs me a little bit. I, I get advice on things that are important and things, you know, just across the board. I'm, you know, I, I pay for advice on things all the time, things that I'm not an expert in. Yet a lot of people think, well, I can do this. I can be an expert in financial planning or investing, even though I don't have access to many of the products I need to do the job right. I would caution where you let the tail wag the dog here where you just go expense is all that matters well it's not it's important but you know it's just just don't make it too important there but you can find those expenses and so forth within the funds within 401k plans you may have to do some digging in a very big disclosure but it's probably there Brian, we've talked about a lot of things as it relates to the 401k with just a few more moments left in this segment. What are the key takeaways that you want people to take from this conversation? Yeah, a couple of them is, you know, we talked about starting early or uh, making sure that time is on your side. So if possible, try and put money away earlier in life. I've, I've met very few people that started a 401k or 403b, 457 early and gosh, and said, gosh, I wish I'd just not done that and spent more money on, on going out and drinking beer with my buddies or whatever. No, I, I don't hear that. So uh, compounding is huge. Do take a look at your investment choices so you, you at least understand what you're investing in. Don't be over conservative because conservative really isn't conservative in, in most uh, plan you know, 401ks. All it means is you have a higher allocation to bonds. If you think bonds are do great, then fine, do that. But maybe look at it with somebody that you know has some uh, professional experience in this. And finally, I would recommend uh, looking at the Roth contribution option that is available to many people. You know, part or all of your contributions could go into Roth. Yes, you don't get the tax deduction now, but if you're at a low bracket now, and you'll think you'd be in a higher bracket in retirement because you think tax rates are going to go up, that could be a really good bucket of money to pull from that will be permanently tax-free for the rest of your life. 
We're talking about 401ks with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial and CPAs. And if you're under the age of 59 and a half, a 401k, of course, is a growth plan. That is one of the chapters in our book, Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement. How to confirm your retirement's designed to support the quality of life you want for 30 plus years. If you'd like to get your hands on this book, is very simple. You can text RADIO to 833-673-7373 and download your digital copy of 7 Steps to a Successful Retirement. You can do that right now. It's RADIO to 833-673-7373. You can also text to that number to request a hard copy of our book, 7 Steps to a Successful Retirement. And while you're there, let us know what you think of the show. If you've got a topic you want us to talk about or comments on anything that we have spoken about on our show, we would love to hear from you. And as always, if you've got questions you'd like to email us, you can email them to us at plan at madronafinancial.com. Growing your wealth will be right back with even more ways to help sustain yourself and your wealth for years to come. Would you be upset if you discovered your financial professional couldn't tell you everything you'd like to have known when making financial decisions? It happens more often than you might expect. The license your financial professional holds can affect the information you're given. Many have the licenses needed to talk about investments, but very few are CPAs and can provide you with tax advice. Without being able to talk about the tax consequences, it can become difficult to see the full weight of a financial decision. That's why it's so important to find a team of CPAs and advisors that work together to give you comprehensive advice. That's why the CPAs and advisors at Madrona Financial are making a significant difference among those who want comprehensive financial planning. If the financial advice you need involves taxes, consider working with the CPAs and advisors at Madrona Financial and see what you're missing. Go to madronafinancial.com and get started for free today. That's madronafinancial.com. If you could retire sooner, wouldn't you? Why not spend time doing the things you love with the people you love? Hi, I'm Brian Evans, founder of Madrona Financial Services, here to share some new tools to help you retire sooner. At Madrona Financial Services, our team is dedicated to helping you retire successfully while maintaining your current lifestyle. To help you get started, download a free copy of our newest book, Inside Retirement Investing, Volumes 1, 2, and 3 at madronafinancial.com or by calling 844-MADRONA. It will only take a minute or two to get your free books, but the information could change your life forever. Our Inside Retirement Investing eBooks cover everything from the basics of retirement planning to investing to taxes and so much more. They're designed to help you retire successfully and on your terms. Call us today at 844-MADRONA and get your free copy of the Inside Retirement Investing eBooks. That's 844-MADRONA or visit us online at madronafinancial.com. That's madronafinancial.com. Do you ever worry if your CPA and financial advisor are on the same page? You won't have to if you call Madrona Financial and CPAs at 844-MADRONA or go to madronafinancial.com. Now back to more of Growing Your Wealth. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial and CPAs. And in this segment, we're going to be talking about 401k plans after you're 59 and a half. That's right, Brian. Before we talked about under 59 and a half. So let's talk about over 59 and a half. What are some of the considerations that you should keep in mind if you're over 59 and a half with your 401k? Yeah, over 59 and a half, and I'm not sure why Congress picked 59 and a half as the time that we can access investments outside of that handful of investments offered, generally offered to us in our 401k plans. So as I mentioned in the last segment, when you have a 401k, 403b, 457, thrift savings plan, Boeing VIP, whatever it is, 
the employer will authorize a certain subset of investments, a handful of investments is saying, you can put your money into some of these and that's it. And there's nothing outside of that. You know, well, that's kind of limited. Well, at 59 and a half, magic things happen. Now, most plans allow you to roll money out of your plan, even though you're still working, and roll it into your own IRA, and now you have a plethora of choices. Mm. You can pick individual stocks, you can do mutual funds or ETFs, sector funds. You know, you might have gone from 25 different funds to pick from to 2,500 or even more, or thousands and thousands of individual stocks and bonds and, and that kind of thing. So you have a big variety of investments you can now pick from. Now, for a lot of people, they go, well, that sounds kind of scary because I didn't really understand the 25 they gave me. And now you're saying I got to pick from 2,500? <laughs> that doesn't sound like fun, Brian. No. That sounds like a problem, not a solution. Uh, you know, So that is a problem for most people because it is very hard to do this on a DIY, do-it-yourself basis. You can do that. You can pick stuff. And if you are fine with stocks and bonds to pick from or mutual funds or ETFs, then okay, you can do that. But I'm going to be talking a little bit about some of the options that can be available to you using a financial advisor. And the reason I need to talk about that is not that, oh yeah, here he goes. He's saying, I can't do this. Give all of my money to the financial advisors out there. I was like, that's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that it's not your fault if you're a DIYer, you like to do it yourself. It's not your fault, but the SEC has determined there are a plethora of different investment options out there you may like, but you cannot get on your own. You cannot call up an insurance hmm. company and order an annuity or buy a long-term care policy directly. You can't buy a private non-traded equity or debt real estate investment trust. There's so many investments out there that you have to go through a licensed financial advisor to even access. So that's the reason why there are levels to what I'm gonna talk about here once you're 59 and a half and you have that option available to you. So Brian, you've piqued my interest here. Other than some of the options that you've just talked about, what are some of the other options that people should consider with a 401k after 59 and a half? You said there are like 2,500 of them. Yeah, well, that's the number of mutual funds out there or ETFs that you can pick from. And ETFs can get very granular. I mean, you can buy an ETF that buys corn or, you know, you can buy <laughs> yeah. an ETF that buys virtually anything. Right. And so you can buy stocks. I mean, how many company, publicly traded companies are there out there? There's, you know, thousands. And so you could buy any of those. And so when you start opening up the options, that's one thing. But there's also a level of analysis that needs to take place. And my favorite example is a problem that people get into. They go, okay, I, I can do this myself. I don't need any help. I like real estate. I've heard Brian talk about it. I'm going to go buy some REITs. And I don't need him to do that. And so they go out and buy some public traded REITs. And in 2022, they bought the Vanguard Index and they go, huh, I lost more than 25% on that. And that's terrible. I'm saying, yeah, that is. Whereas had you invested in many private non-traded real estate investment trusts, you might've made money because it's a completely different animal, even though it sounds the same and they invest in similar assets. There's so many nuances to financial planning. It's, it's not easy, so not something you can figure out in a week or a month, you know, if, to do it right. And so that can be a problem. Having too many choices is a problem. I, you know, I, I like going to Costco because I don't have a lot of choices. Yeah. I, that makes it easy for me. Yeah. I don't like going to the mall. There's too many stores, well, of too course. many choices. Yeah. 
But at 59 and a half, we do have these options. And one of the options that you, uh, you know, I mentioned you can generally roll an active plan assets into a 401k and you have access to different things. If you do it with a financial advisor that's licensed across the board, that's licensed with market, that's licensed with annuities, understands real estate, alternative investments, and so forth. Now you really have a lot of options available to you. So most people that I know when they hit 59 and a half, when we're having these discussions, are very excited about the opportunity to roll their money out of their company 401k plan and its limited group of investment options into their own IRA that we would be managing in this case, where we can put together the seven steps to successful retirement using that group of money they moved over into their IRA. Brian, you said something else there that piqued my interest, and that is a financial advisor who has a number of different licenses. Are you saying that you may not have 2,500 or more options if you're not using the correct financial advisor? Yes, I am absolutely saying that because many financial advisors out there limit themselves to a particular thing that they sell. I've shared the story on on air before. There's a a company that one of the advisors wanted to learn about DSTs, so he Mm -hmm. called me up. I returned the call. They put me on hold, and I was listening to their message, and it said, yes, we are your full service advisor. We help you in all aspects of your finances in retirement. I'm like, great. But I had a question for him when he came on. You know, I said, I was listening to that ad. Do you guys do the stock market? He said, no, no, we, we don't do that. I said, hmm, uh, do you do DSTs or REITs or alternative investments? No, we don't do that. Okay. Um, boy, do you just do annuities? Well, yeah, we just do annuities, but in fact, just one. Said, what do you mean just one? <laughs> Not only just do we only do annuities, but just one annuity. How many annuities are there? So I said, you just work with one annuity company? (laughs) No, we work with one annuity from one annuity company. Oh, wow. I'm not making this up. (laughs) And they did tens of millions a year. So they would do a seminar. They did 80 seminars a year, and they would get up there and say, the stock market's going to crash. You're all going to die penniless and homeless if you invest (laughs) in anything other than this one annuity from this one company. And, you know, they'd say it more eloquently than I just did. But that is what they did. And so, yes, I am saying there are, you know, not all advisors are created the same. No. And even ones that say they offer other stuff, they might be pushing one thing because of a commission or right. or for whatever reason. And they, they have, or maybe that's all they know. Or maybe they really believe that everybody should have all their money in that one annuity from that one company. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that for a second. But I said those words out loud. But you really have to vet your financial advisor to make sure they understand all the different options out there and come to the, the meeting with a level playing field for all of them. There are pluses and minuses to every one of them. Not everybody has every investment I offer because you know the minuses outweigh the pluses for that particular person. And another investment, the pluses and outweigh the minuses. I don't have any clients that I can think of that are all in one thing mm-hmm. if they took my advice. I mean, I'm not going to say you should put all your money in X. No, that's silly uh, to even think that uh, because as, as we talked about on the show, the seven steps to successful retirement, there's growth, there's lifestyle, which is essentially cash flow and security. There's no one investment that does all three. Yet I want all of those in my retirement. I want cash flow. I want to live, okay? I want security. I want to know I don't have to go to work when I'm 78 years old. Mm -hmm. I want some growth. I want all of the above. I can't do that with one investment. Anybody tells you they can is not telling you the truth. So it's important to put 
all these aspects together. So at 59 and a half, back to the 401k question, at 59 and a half, we have this grand opportunity to really set things up for our retirement, integrating all the seven steps to successful retirement. And we have options to do all of that. So I would consider, you know, anybody listening that's 59 and a half or coming up on that that has 401k type assets, now is a great time to consider all the options you have. And in a second, I'll talk about the tax aspect of that. And you made a very good point there, Brian. I mean, if there are, you know, thousands of choices that you have with your 401k, why limit yourself to an advisor that anything you bring to him, he wants to sell you an annuity or some sort of an insurance product like that when there are so many options out there. And of course, at Madrona Financial, it is a very, very large toolbox. Talking with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial and CPAs about what to do with your 401k taxes. That's right, Brian. That is a very big concern consideration on people's minds today. So let me ask you a really broad question. Do you have to pay taxes on your 401k after 59 and a half? Yes. Yes. Someone's going to pay tax on your pre-tax money, whether it's you or your heirs. And so now we get into tax planning, one of my favorite things. So the problem is people don't generally know exactly how to do tax planning around a big 401k balance. They know they're going to be taxed on it, but at what rate and when? And so that's where a lot of people go, well, I'm just not gonna touch it until I'm 73 and I'm required to. I'm like, okay, great. Well, you'll be in a low bracket for a number of years. And then if they raise brackets in the future and you have all your income coming in when your RMDs are due, maybe you're in the 40% bracket. Well, over the course of your lifetime, that doesn't sound like a great strategy to me. So if you're not looking at your income year by year, projecting it out over the upcoming year for next year's taxes, then you really should. You should be doing that. That's something your advisor should be doing for you, I think, or you should be doing yourself if you're doing running your own own investments. And the reason I say that is because there's about a, what, $27,000, $28,000 standard deduction, mm-hmm. but the tax brackets are such that they're variable. They start at zero, they go to 10 and 12 and 22, 24, 30, you know, in the 30s up to roughly 40. And so making sure you pay the least amount of tax over a period of time is critical. So I would rather see a plan where if you're retiring, that's a great time to start taking money out of an IRA and volunteering some tax. If you're volunteering it at 0, 10, and 12%, don't leave that opportunity because, you know, every year that that passes and you didn't take advantage of the 0, 10, and 12% bracket, in the future, you might be at a much, much higher bracket. So doing, I'll call it bracketology here, analyzing your brackets year by year understanding what next year's taxes are going to look like and being preventative and planning ahead for that and actually again volunteering i know that sounds weird from a cpa volunteering income that's going to be taxed to somebody anyway but if you can control the rate that'd be awesome if you can control the rate and it's close to 10 i call that a win yeah for most people uh, you know depending on your situation but for many of my clients that's a big win And so we want to know that we're being tax smart with our 401k distributions in retirement. And so uh, it might kind of change your your thought process when you go, oh, yeah, that's right. It's not for me to just not live on anything so I don't pay any taxes until my 70s and I get clocked. Maybe I should have a plan for that. And if I'm not looking at it year by year, I may not be doing the right plan. And taxes, of course, one of the biggest expenses that you'll face in retirement. That's why it's so important, I think, to deal with a financial advisor who also has a CPA firm or in some rare cases is also a CPA. That's the advantage of Madrona Financial and CPAs, our financial advisors and a CPA firm all under one roof. 
I'm sure a lot of people still have questions about 401ks and their individual circumstances and wondering how that fits into their financial portfolio and whether or not that financial portfolio is well-rooted enough to sustain them for 30-plus years in retirement and a possible tax situation that may be changing by the moment. Well, if you've got questions about whether or not your financial portfolio can sustain you in retirement, go to madronafinancial.com and click on the Get Started button there towards the top of the page for your rooted wealth analysis. It'll only take you a couple of minutes there to answer a few quick questions. You'll be connected with an advisor who's not going to sell you any product. They're going to take a look at what you have, where you want to go, and determine whether or not your financial plan is rooted well enough to sustain any changes in the financial weather and especially the probability of taxes going up in the future. Once again, madronafinancial.com and click on the Get Started button for your rooted wealth analysis. There is no cost and no obligation. Brian, our second fascinating fact for today. For the first time in history, most people can expect to live well into their 70s and much beyond. A longer life represents important opportunities like the chance to pursue new activities like further education or maybe a long-neglected passion. Yet the extent of these opportunities, Brian, depends heavily on one thing, one factor, and that is health. According to the World Health Organization, when it comes to health, there's no typical older person. Biological aging is only loosely associated with a person's age and years. Some 80-year-olds, Brian, I'm sure that you've seen this, have physical and mental capabilities similar to many 20-year-olds, while some younger people who are, you know, considered to be young in today's society don't do nearly as well. Contributing factors to aging include genetics, but just as important are sleep habits, diet, alcohol, caffeine intake, smoking, and last but not least is stress. So how old are you? How old is your body? Are you older than you should be? And I think this really points out that age is just a number, Brian. Brian, let's talk about charitable gifting strategies here on Growing Your Wealth. And I think most people know that you can give cash to people. But, of course, there still is the tax implication that comes with gifting. So let's kick it off here by giving a general overview on the various options for gifting in retirement and gifting while you're still alive. Yeah, and just to back up a little bit, we you know we talk about planning. Planning is so important on gifting too. Uh, there's there's a couple aspects to charitable gifting. One is how much can I give away and be okay in retirement? I don't know that anybody can just know that. You know, you just can't sit there and go. I don't know, ten thousand sounds fine, or a hundred thousand, or whatever it is. Uh, you don't know that until you do a financial plan. And when I say a financial plan, I don't mean just a spreadsheet. And I'm not talking about one of those off-the-shelf plans where you input a lot of data, it prints out a 40-page report with lots of graphs and bar charts and pie charts and all that, and you go, that looks nice, and you put it in a folder and you put it up on the bookcase there. That's not what I'm talking about. A proper financial plan really integrates many different things and gives you action items and gives you information that says, how much can you spend year by year. We've taken into account health care expenses, growth, cash flow, security, legacy planning, gifting, uh, all the different things, all the seven steps. So if that plan has taken into account all the seven steps to successful retirement and it's done right and done well with the taxes you know, computed as part of that, then we can say, all right, I know how much I feel like I can give to charity each year and we can plan ahead for that. Once you have that, now you go, how do I do that in a tax-smart way? 
So, Brian, I know a lot of people want to gift to charities. They don't necessarily want to gift cash. What are some of the various options that you can use to gift to a charity? I know that there are many of them. There are many of them, and they can have uh, real advantages. And as I mentioned, it starts by knowing how much can you give, and then how much are you willing to give, you know, and, and do you want to give. So let's just say you've decided, okay, I've looked at my financial plan. I have excess money year by year, and I do want to give uh, a certain amount of that to certain charities. What is the best way to do that? Well, it depends on how old you are and what some of your assets are. So one of the easiest ways to help yourself tax-wise is if you have some non-IRA type assets that have increased in value. So we'll call it a stock. Let's say you went out and bought Microsoft way back when, and it's gone way up in value, and you want to give uh, $25,000 a year to your favorite charity. Well, rather than taking 35,000 out of your IRA paying 10,000 in tax and giving 25 to the charity or or selling a stock in this case Microsoft stock and let's say you you sold and I say oh, I got to sell 32,000 of it to net 25 after taxes to give my charity 25 grand and then you send seven I'm just making up a number here 7,000 to the IRS well instead you could just take 25,000 of that stock even though it it hasn't been taxed, it's all gains pretty much, you can give that $25,000 stock to your charity directly. They'll sell it, not pay any income tax. You won't pay any income tax. So instead of taking 32000 out of your account to give twenty five, mm-hmm. you're only taking twenty five out of your account to give twenty five. So same effect to the charity. You're just better off. The IRS isn't. So that's, to me, always a win. I'm a CPA. I like to do tax planning. But, uh, you know, the IRS encourages uh, charitable gifting in this way by allowing you to gift directly highly appreciated assets. I said Microsoft stock. Mm-hmm. That could be a piece of land. It could be any, you know, any kind of appreciated asset you were going to pay tax on. Not IRA funds in this case. We're going to talk about that in a second. But non-IRA funds and appreciated assets give those assets directly. As I mentioned, often it's a piece of real estate or it's a stock and then uh, the charity can sell it and not pay the income tax. So Brian, you mentioned the IRA insofar as gifting strategies. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, at age uh, 70 and a half, I'm not sure why it's 70 and a half. And a half. <laughs> at age 70 and a half, you know, if, if you're planning on giving to a charity and let's say you've already done those uh, appreciated asset donations that you wanted to make, and now you're going, what else can I do? I have this great big IRA, and now I have the ability at 70 and a half to take money from my IRA. And as I've mentioned uh, previously, someone is going to pay income tax on that. Well, I lied. It's not necessarily <laughs> someone's going to pay income tax on it. It is if you cash it in and then you would pay it. Or if your heirs inherit your IRA, they're going to have to cash it in over time and pay taxes on it. But what if you decided to give that directly, money directly from your IRA to your favorite charity? Nobody pays tax on that. So again, I lied. I apologize. There is an exception to this. You can give that uh, IRA money directly to a charity uh, up to 100000 a year and not pay any income. Nobody pays any income tax on that IRA money that no one has ever paid income tax nor ever will pay income tax on. So 
instead of pulling out again in my example uh, say $35,000 paying 10,000 in tax and giving your charity 25 I'm just making up numbers again instead you can just pull the 25 directly out of your IRA have it go to the charity they'll take that money they do not pay income tax on it and uh, you've accomplished your, your goal by doing that and uh, the only people that don't get the money is the IRS in this case good good tax planning there Brian, you had mentioned 70 and a half. How does this relate to RMDs? Yeah, we know that the uh, required minimum distribution age uh, requirement has been going up. And it used to be 70 and a half, then 72 and 73, et cetera. So it's been going up. But this was at 70 and a half. They never raised this piece of it. So you might be saying, oh, wait a second, the RMD age went up. Yeah, I know. But at 70 and a half, 71, 72 years old, you can do this direct transfer from your IRA to a charity and no one pays any income tax. It can also, once you're subject to RMDs, uh, let's say it's 73, 74, whatever it is, uh, once you're subject to that, this can be in lieu of your RMDs. So let's say you have to pull uh, 50,000 a year for your required minimum distribution and you gave 25 to the charity directly. Well, now you only have to pull another 25 out and be taxed on that part of it as you pull money from your IRA and put it into your non-qualified account. Brian, just a few more moments left in the show here. Of course, we're talking about charitable gifting. What would you say are the key takeaways? What is the summary of this? What do you want people to leave this conversation knowing about? You know, as I think about the show and and what we're talking about, it it takes me back to our book, Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement. Uh, we talked about growth of assets and investing uh, early in life, uh, focusing on that growth of assets. We know as we're coming up on retirement, we have not lots of options now available to us at 59 and a half that we didn't have otherwise. We know that there's a lot of options not available to a do-it-yourself investor. Uh, many of them related to the lifestyle plan, which includes cash flow in retirement, or a security plan. We talked a little bit on healthcare. But we also talked about, you know, gifting, uh, legacy planning, all that kind of stuff too. All the seven steps. So, really, when it comes down, and, and the importance of a financial plan that's done properly, that it's actionable, it gives you good information that you can act upon, uh, and understanding that. So, there's a lot of nuances to all this, but in the end, it all relates to planning ahead, uh, having a good tax plan. We, we've been talking about this this whole show. How does this relate to having a good good tax plan? And if you aren't doing that uh, annually, then then maybe something's missing from your plan or an opportunity lost there that we would like to help you with. So I guess in summary, uh, all of this kind of works together in my brain, uh, and, and certainly our, all of our advisors. And that's something that uh, you know that's why we do what we do. And I think that's one four-letter word that should be in most people's vocabulary. P L A N. It is having a plan. And as you said, a gift plan is one of the chapters in Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement. Our latest book, if our listeners would like to get a hold of this at no cost, no obligation, maybe you want it today, you want to read it for, uh, you know, Mother's Day weekend, you can simply text RADIO to 833-673-7373. RADIO to 833-673-7373. Download your digital copy of Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement. If you'd like a hard copy, include that in your text, and we'll be happy to 
send one out to you. And of course, don't forget your name and address. If you've got anything you'd like us to talk about on the show, be sure to include that in your text. Or if you've just got questions for us, we welcome those there. Or you can send them to us by email at plan at madronafinancial.com, plan at madronafinancial.com. Yep, we did not forget about you moms. It is Mother's Day weekend. Have a great Mother's Day weekend. And Brian, we're just out of time for this week. For Brian Evans, I'm Jeff Shade. Get out, have a great weekend. This great part of the country that we live in. We'll talk to you again next week with another edition of Growing Your Wealth. No statements made during the Growing Your Wealth show should constitute tax, legal, or accounting advice. You should consult your own legal or tax professional on your individual information. Brian Evans and Madrona Financial Services is licensed to offer investment advisory services through Madrona Financial Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance products are offered through Madrona Insurance Services, LLC, a licensed insurance agency and an affiliate of Madrona Financial Services. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investors cannot invest directly into indexes. No investment strategy, including asset allocation and diversification, guarantees a profit or guarantees the avoidance of loss. Financial planning is an important tool that does not guarantee specific outcomes. DST investments are only available to accredited investors that are offered solely through the issuer's offering documents. The DST sponsor determines whether to accept any individual subscription documents. 